Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> how about with some? How about with some enthusiasm? You're boring everybody to death. Oh Christ! What am I even gonna say? That's it, folks. <laughs> That's it. That is it. This has been another fantastic week on the Fifty Ton Podcast. <laughs> gonna end the year on a positive note. It's not the end of the year episode. Huh? Oh my God! So many words. So many words. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate all your support over the last twelve weeks. Uh, uh, there, there it is. There it is. Let me off. Let me off. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, this is the worst outro ever. All right, Chief. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I hear. I hear. Yeah, I didn't finish the the outro though. I screwed it up three times. Oh, did I get it? Did I get it right? No, no, no. It's not even fucking close. Worst, worst outro ever. <laughs> I have an Apple Watch on and I, I'm getting I'm infuriated right now because I'm getting pop-up messages on my watch from Yelp. So I need to, before I go any further, find the Apple Watch app on my phone. Why do you have Yelp? I don't know. I don't have Yelp. Do people still use Yelp? I don't I don't know. Oh, you guys are killing me. I don't my watch just go to the watch. Just go to the watch. Get Yelp off of my watch. I hate Yelp. Wait, I don't have the Yelp app. <laughs> Dude, your Apple Watch is cursed. Fuck Yelp. Can Yelp this podcast? Actually, what is Yelp? I... Yelp is just like a review app. Yelp's a place for people who are pieces of shit. I give it zero stars. Oh, I just deleted it right off my phone. See ya. Delete it off the internet. Yelp I find to be interesting because I find that people who use Yelp use it like social media. So there's like Yelp trolls, like people that like they go to your business establishment and they don't like it and they'll only use Yelp to trash people. Yeah. And you've seen a few of those people where they'll say like Edmund Souza, 15 reviews and they're all one star or zero stars. It's like, okay, well, you can't even take this person seriously because he's obviously just a passive aggressive piece of trash. You know, what's interesting. I actually read something today that if you're if you're passive aggressive, it's because you just have horrible communication skills, basically. Sounds about right. That's what it that's what it really boils down to. So even if somebody does wrong you, I had a situation where I got a bad Yelp review and it was an unfair Yelp review and I won't get too far into it. But basically, I believe that I was doing the service that the person asked me for. I thought we were good. I thought we were in agreement. They said, oh, I love the haircut. They left and then went online and and just destroyed me online. (laughs) That's the only time I've ever gotten a bad Yelp review. And it was like a one star. All my other ones are like, oh, he's great. It's all like my clients like really trying to help me out. And then this one asshole that came in one time. What is the thing that you did wrong in the haircut that they didn't like? Well, they said that like the sideburns were long, like they hadn't had a haircut. And I said, should I bring the sideburns up? And they said, yeah. So I brought the sideburns up and then the person went home and said, he took my sideburns clear off. Dude, I didn't even do his sideburns with a clipper. I just took a scissor and edged them because I was like, this guy... And then, he, and then, like, he didn't like it. And he was like, oh, that's too short. I was like, oh, sorry. Like, he didn't make a big deal about it. I said, hey, sorry. You know, I, like, you know, next time we could just keep him a little bit longer. I, I wasn't aware. You know, like, I brought him up to, like, a normal haircut length. Yeah. And then on the Yelp review, he's like, I have a hard time growing facial hair. And he took my sideburns off. And it's like, yo, dude, if y- your beard has nothing to do with your sideburns. <laughs> 
like you're self-conscious because you can't grow sideburns and a full beard like dude get out of here i mean that's the kind of person i'd expect to put a bad review is there an opposite of passive aggressive 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 because like i always say things that people go you were a little bit blunt back there you should have you know been more cautious about the way you phrase that you bothered everybody and uh i have a hard time even caring though it depends on the situation yeah so if you have a situation with me and you know me or even somebody that you don't know as well as me maybe a coworker or someone that you interact with on a regular basis and you have a problem with them and you have to say something you know sometimes things get heated or whatever and if it gets heated it gets heated. i don't really think that's like aggressive aggressive be- well it could be aggressive if you're being overly aggressive if you were getting in my face right now it's like hey dude we're two adults you shouldn't be talking to me like that i would say when we're talking about the, the opposite of passive aggressive like in that case of like a Yelper would be the guy who like can't go to Dunkin' Donuts without fighting the person behind the counter because they screwed up the order or something wasn't to their liking. Like yeah. that person that's just like in your face. Like, what do you say to me? What are you looking at? Blah, blah, blah. Like I had a guy uh, try to get in my face near my, my residence a couple of summers ago and he was scamming for money. He was using two little kids to panhandle and they were obviously, you know, drug addicted and they were using these two young kids and I walked by and I didn't give him any money and then I heard the guy say $5,000 worth of tattoos and you can't give us a dime and I turned around and I told him to go fuck himself <laughs> and he like ran up and got in my face and it was a funny it was a funny situation because like he was like an old man and he was obviously like on drugs and it was like pound for pound any functional adult could have destroyed this guy but I was like, I'm going to grab a coffee. I'm going to go to the Fells, the reservation up here, and go do some trail running. And I had run out of contact, so I was wearing my glasses. I had my keys and my phone in one hand and a medium cold brew in the other. And the dude ran right up to me and was like, yo, do we have a problem? And I was like, dude, you need to relax. I was like, I'm not fighting this guy. I was like, there's two funny situations that could come from this. One, it could turn out that maybe this guy is like a sick ex-boxer and just laces me in front of everybody on Main Street in Malden in a beautiful summer day. But I, I think more realistically, what would have happened is if we got to tussling, I probably would have gotten the better of him and someone would have called the cops on me and been like, there's some dude that's all covered in tattoos beating up a helpless old man in Malden Center. <laughs> dude, this guy was such a piece of shit. He had two little kids. And you know when you see, like, kids and they wear the football jersey and they go out with, like, the cans and they say the Jimmy Fund on them? He had the kid in a fake football jersey. It was a blank, fake football jersey. It had, like, no team on it. And he had a similar type of can, but you could tell he just took, like, a can of soup and peeled the label off and had the kid hold it in his hands. And he just, the kid looked so miserable. I felt bad for the kid. I was like, this is the horse. And he uh, had the kid just standing there, like, with his hand out at, in people's faces in front of the Dunkin' Donuts. And the guy was talking shit to anybody who walked by and didn't and didn't give them money. That's not a very good strategy for getting money. No. Well, and then, and then um, this dude had no problem pulling right up on me. He was like, you got a problem? I was like, dude, you need to chill out. Like, you got this kid out here panhandling. And I was just like, immediately the situation in my head was, I was like, dude, both of your hands are full right now. So if this guy <laughs> swings on you, you're kind of fucked. <laughs> I was like, then if you beat him up, you're going to jail for assault for beating up a 70 year old man. Like he was at least 70 or he could have been a very, very drugged out 50 year old. But I think yeah. he was like 70 and he had the he had the opiate voice. You know, the, eh, what's up? Yeah, fucking problem guy. Like you can when you can tell people are on like opiates or methadone. I don't support violence, but it would have been pretty funny if you just dunked your uh, cold brew right on his head. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know. I was thinking that too, but I had the cold. I'm pretty sure I had the cold room. I ran in. I'm left hand. I got to bank it off his head. He wouldn't have done shit, but I don't know. It was a, it was kind of a fucked up situation. So yeah, so that that would be aggressive, aggressive. Like you're uh, you're the type of guy who fights with strangers who are not bothering you whatsoever. Or you're, you're fighting with people on the bus. You're getting kicked off the bus. I'm very polite when I have time on my hands. If I'm not in a rush, I'm I'm fine. I'll be polite. I'll be Otherwise you're 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 curt. I'll be excuse me, but yeah, if, if I'm pressed for time and somebody is going ba 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 ba, I'll go uh, get the fuck out of my way, please. Yeah, fuck them, man. <laughs> The pleas at the end to balance out the fuck. That's different. That dude had, like, for example, that dude that's out trying to scam, you know, doing whatever, like, or, like, the Greenpeace people. And, you know, like, they're always on boils. Like, you can't, like, walk down the street without getting, like, approached by somebody trying to get money out of your pockets. A lot of times to those people, I just say no. (laughs) I just forcefully go, no. Nope. No. If you were to tell that person to fuck off, in my opinion, you're, you're not in the wrong because that dude's bothering you. Like, you're just trying to go about your business. You should be able to go out. I'm not even talking about like homeless people. I'm talking about like when they get college kids that take some bullshit job asking people for money for whatever, whatever in the summertime. You can't walk down if you live in the city in your shopping district without getting hassled by five different people trying to get money out of you. It's like those people can go fuck themselves. I don't feel bad for them. But at the same time, if that person, if you tell them no, and then they get in your face, yeah, you should be able to tee off on them. I think. Yeah, I'm always, you know, I, I, I give some money to panhandlers, but I, I pick my battles. I'll give money to a panhandler before I give it to, uh, like, a college kid trying to collect money for like Greenpeace. Or well, like, like we'll we'll give a couple bucks to squeegee kids in the city. They're teenagers. They're they're just as soon as they get like twenty bucks, they're gone. Right. Yeah. So like you give them a couple bucks, they go do whatever they're, they they want to do. They're not they're not going to go get lit. They're probably going to go do something or get some food or something. But like, oh, the, no, they, there's a good chance that they are taking that money to go buy beer. You know, that's fine, though. That's fine. You gave them the money, though. I mean, that's the thing, too. When people go, I'm not giving him money. He's going to spend it on drugs. Pro- I got no problem with people doing drugs. It's just if you give money to someone that is a full blown addict, I mean, you're not going to do them any real favor. You know what I mean? I mean, the only favor you could do is to get the guy into treatment. So, well, if you want someone to get into treatment, the best thing you can do is not give them money because then they'll end up going to a shelter where people are communicating with them and trying to get them into treatment. Most cities, there's somewhere for homeless people or, or drug addicts or whatever. There's places for them to go, but they have to have a very unsuccessful day of raising money to go there because they don't want to go there. They'd rather stay out and party and everything else. Who wouldn't rather stay out and party? Yeah, yeah. Don't act like you're better than them. You like to party. I go to work. (laughs) If they went to work, no one would complain. You know, there's lots of functioning drug addicts that work. I think most people at this point, whether it's pharmaceutical drugs or otherwise, I mean, everyone's kind of lit. So, but you know, you got to get a job. It's America. You have to get a job. That's why I'm podcasting. I'm podcasting for the weekend. Would you rather, if you were listening to our podcast... Have a one-hour commute each way or a 30-minute commute total? You mean and get half and half? Yeah, you either get it all in one shot, uninterrupted, or you got the first half on the way in and you get the second half on the way home. I would prefer to listen to it all the way through. Yeah, see, you know, sometimes I like to listen to it all the way through, but then for our listeners, if, you, if you're listening on your commute, which is how I'm guessing most people enjoy podcasts, you get half of us in the morning and then you have something to look forward to on your way home. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? I'm in a really nice mood tonight.
That's nice. It's nice. You know what? It's December 1st. <laughs> it's the Christmas spirit. You got the Christmas you know, we're, spirit. We're, in there. we're getting there with, uh, yeah, Christmas. My Thanksgiving was salvaged. We, and we talked about that. Yeah. Um, it looks like the head ball sucker in chief is going to be out of there soon. There's not much he can do about it. It looks like they're going to start getting some vaccinations out to people pretty soon. I know, I know that you and I are not going to get it as we are too healthy strapping young men Mm -hmm. we are on the end of the list for probably getting a vaccination but that's fine but i think once people start getting some vaccines i don't think things are going to go back to normal but i think the the sense of just utter fear and panic might subside a little bit it's nice even if they kind of kept things the way they are i think people their stress levels will go down and i'm looking forward to it so you know what what's to be mad about right now i agree yeah you know it's it's a little bit optimistic for the first time this year i think yeah it feels good and it's only December first. Twenty twenty is really shaping up. <laughs> plenty, plenty of time left on the clock for another disaster. But you know, like the second week of March, when this thing was starting to really shine, as okay, maybe there's a problem with this pandemic coming. Mm-hmm. I was on a job. I was meeting with a customer in Florida, and I went to the beach with Lindsay. Yeah, and, uh, we drank in a hot tub and hung out by the pool. And uh, she's number one. <laughs> And then, and then everything since then has been this trash. <laughs> Just getting by. I remember I was cutting one of my clients, guy I really like, good dude. He's a smart guy, and he was like, "Yo, what do you think about this coronavirus thing?" And I was like, "Dude, you know, even though Trump sucks, we still have smart people in our in our like executive branch that are not gonna let this thing spread. You know that at this point they were already grounding planes coming back from China and screening yeah. people as they got off. Although I'm not sure if they had the level of sophistication with the tests that they have now, but they were, I think, at least checking people for symptoms. And they had made it so there was international flights from China were only going to I want to say 11 different airports in the country at the mm-hmm. time." So I said, they're going to keep this thing under control. I said, yeah, obviously it's going to get in a little bit. But like, you know, if we didn't let the bird flu or SARS or Ebola really hit the country, like, why would this be any different? And he was like, dude, I don't know. This is going to get pretty bad. And then I didn't see him again until the week that we opened up and he came in. And I was like, I guess you were right. He knew the exact (laughs) conversation we were talking about. I was like, I'm listening to you on everything from now on because I was like, bro, you called it. You called this one. So, oh man, you know, so I I was a little uh, I was being a little American. I was like, no, no, no. Our government, even though we have the worst president ever, is not going to drop the ball completely on this. There's no way they wouldn't do that. Lo and behold. Whoops. Some people always find a way to just exceed expectations. Right? Yeah, that's that's a fact. So let's talk about something else that's nice. Um, oh, I, I got something. I got something before before you move on. So I've okay because it's only a few weeks away. I'm now under the impression that we may not be coming home for Christmas. Jesus. Yeah. Literally, Jesus. We may not. So I ordered a Christmas tree today for the first time ever. You never had a Christmas tree? Not in any uh, place I've lived as an adult. So really? I've always gone home for Christmas and it's always been nice to like, well, I'm going to tell God that you're an atheist and you're not getting anything for Christmas. Uh, the tree's like a Yule time, satanic pagan thing. Uh, Did you get a real tree or a fake fake? I want an extra pagan. <laughs> I have a fake tree. The thing is, is, you know, I've, I've always traveled home for the holidays, getting a tree or anything didn't make any sense. Cause it's like everywhere I go, people are going to have trees and you know, I'm there mm. for the week around the holidays anyways. So, but this year just being like, man, I don't think it's going to happen. I, uh, I put in an order for one. It's going to be here this weekend and I'll decorate it like, 
like an adult and uh we'll have a real christmas fantastic did you get all the decorations i ordered some lights we we actually have a, a number of decorations and ornaments that we we typically would decorate like our uh our banister or our uh our staircase i don't know what it's called the railing yeah, yeah. but you just never did a tree yeah we decorate the place but not not a tree. Oh, yeah. You got to get a tree. It ties it all together to put a tree in your living room. Just really. I, what, why do we put trees up? It's so crazy, but it's dope. I like it. I don't know where the tree skirt or where the star is right now. So we're going to have to sort that out. But my tree is up. It looks nice. Nice. Let's see it. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's a tree. That's classy. It's a tree. Nice. I always had fake trees growing up, and I kind of look, I kind of like that because I am a guy who enjoys some semblance of tradition. And I always kind of liked having the fake tree because it was the same tree for a long time. And then, you, you know, you might get rid of it if it's like 10 years old, but it's kind of, it's like, hey, we got the same tree, you know, whereas what's special about a tree that you throw out the day after because it dries out. And if anything happens, your house is going to go up in flames. Yeah. And you can get pine saw that smells like a Christmas tree. So, you know, I get, I, <laughs> I give my parents credit. When I was a kid, they always had a live tree, but they they didn't get a cut down one. They got one with the roots. How you can you can buy them with like the roots in a ball, and you just water it through the couple of weeks it's up, and then when you're done, you take it in the backyard, you cut the ball off it, and you bury it. Uh. There's probably twenty trees in my parents' yard that were Christmas trees. I wonder though, if depending on if you're having a rough winter, it might be tough to plant that tree afterwards if the ground's frozen. I don't know. They they did it every year. So. Is there anything they can't do? The people that did cloth diapers with five kids? No, there's nothing that those people couldn't have done. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you guys turned out the way you did. Uh, cloth diapers. <sighs> Man, it's like growing up during the Depression. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> fucking gross. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's econo- is, is it economical? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. know. I'd have to see the, as I usually say at some point, I'd have to see the numbers on that. Dude, the second we finished our recording of our last podcast, the news was like, Donald Trump wants to shut down all social media after everyone keeps calling him Diaper Donald. I saw that. I was very happy about that. The Democrats are very, very mean. They're very mean. Stupid little press conference at a stupid little desk. Who gave him that stupid desk? Somebody that was trolling him. You know. Fucking saboteur. He's such a baby. I don't want to spend too much time on this guy this week. But no. This is the guy that was calling Crooked Hillary, Sleepy Joe, Little Marco Rubio. Uh, what do you call Ted Cruz? Get a name for him, too. Lying Ted Cruz. Lying Ted Cruz. But he said Ted Cruz's dad was likely one of the, the people that killed JFK. Yep. That dude can dish it out, but he cannot take it. He got a dose of his own medicine. And it was a good one. <laughs> Diaper Diaper Dawn, Diaper Dawn is right out of his playbook. Is Diaper Dawn not a uh, garbage pail kid? It just it sounds so oh, close. Is it? I don't know. It sounds oh, no, like I don't, it. I don't think so. That's it. I'll look that up. There's got to be a garbage pail kid Donald, right? No, I think they just I think they just got him on that. Diaper Donald? I don't know. Is that real? <laughs> Are you seeing that? No, I don't believe that there's a garbage pail kid named Diaper Don. What about this one? Share screen. Diaper Donald. Oh, interesting. Is that a is that a joke? Is it new? I don't know. Good question. I don't know either. <laughs> Someone made one called Donald Dump. That's kind of good. What else? What else? What else? I don't want to fucking stop talking. I'm sick of this. No, we don't. No, he's, he's done. we're done with that guy. Goodbye. You messaged me the other day that we need to have a health challenge on this podcast. I thought you told me that we had to do that. 
Yeah, and then I figured you probably didn't want to do it, and then you brought it back up, so it sounds like you want to do it. Let's see. You sent me a Halloween candy calorie showdown. <laughs> Fun size M&Ms, 88 calories, equals 10 minutes of biking. I ate like yeah. a 1,000 of those. Fun size Starburst, 40 calories, 5 minutes of sit-ups. I ate a 1,000 of those, too. <laughs> brutal. Fun size Kit Kats or seven minutes of running. Fun size Snickers or nine push-ups. Fun size Skittles or seven minutes of jump rope. And fun size Nerds are 18 minutes of Hatha yoga. The good thing is, is I didn't have any nerds, so I guess I don't have to do yoga, but it looks like... Looks like you better get exercising. I'm going to have to do some cycling, some sit-ups, some running, and some push-ups, and some jump roping. I'm game. I'm game. And then... uh. I'm almost out of these guys. So what are you going to do when you're out of them? I don't know. What do you think? What do, what do you, what's a hard challenge for you? What do you want to do? Not drinking beer would be a horrible challenge. To ruin your life? Potentially. Yeah. What, what, what would be, what would be a good challenge? Or do we, should we wait until January? I mean, I haven't had candy since I ran out of Halloween candy. Yeah. You know, I think in a way that's kind of fine. It's like you ran out, you don't go to the store and buy more. Well, I mean, you can't buy Halloween candy anymore. Now it's just regular candy. Something seems sinful about that. Mm. I'm not a fucking animal. You can't just sit around eating Kit Kats and, (laughs) hey, dude, it's March. What are you doing? I'm just having some Kit Kats. If you're fat and you eat healthily, people don't think you're a monster. But if you're fat and you're eating Kit Kats in March, man, nobody's going to feel bad for you. Yeah, there's there's a lot to it. Your metabolism, genetics, and all that shit. But I think at this point, you should just do your best for the next 30 days because it's going to be tough. Well, then again. So you're saying hold off on the challenge. I, well, I think we should plan a challenge for January. That's New Year's. That's when everyone does their challenges. So why should we be any different? If we drop a, a health challenge today, it's not going to come out until the second week of December. So we're already too late to start it for a clean month. <laughs> and then you're running into Christmas. So like, dude, realistically, realistically, I will still be at the gym keeping my lifting schedule. Okay. I have decided to do my best to get back to no alcohol during the week and only a couple of drinks on the weekend. All right. That's a that's a warm up. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do this month. I haven't had anything to drink since Saturday night. So you're going to start scaling it down, you're saying? Well, I don't think that it's realistic, nor is it... I mean, I don't think it's a matter of healthy or not, but it's not enjoyable to go cold turkey and completely deprive yourself of the things that you enjoy. Right. And I've talked to a lot of people that are in the health industry and they seem to have that same thing too. They think that that super hardcore, I'm so disciplined approach, is just not sustainable. You know, because like you and I both didn't drink for long periods of the year this year. Yeah. And then what ends up happening is you slingshot backwards and then you end up like drinking beers on a Tuesday night. I would like to get back to a more disciplined state where... I bring my lunch every day, which I do for the most part. But what ends up happening with me is around Friday, maybe Thursday, healthy eating usually goes out of the window and takeout comes into the picture. So I would like to get myself to a point where I have my meals. I know what I'm going to eat and I've set myself up for success Monday through Friday. And then maybe on Saturday, I could go out to eat and have a few drinks. So you're doing a gentle step down between now and the end of the year. Yeah, but then I, I think maybe for January, it would be cool to do a dry January. What do you think? I prefer a collaboration because what do I gain out of, say you and me are like, all right, no alcohol and we're going to do a hundred pushups a day. Okay, cool. Well then what's the the day you forget to do the pushups? So now what? I'm better than you because I remember to do pushups for a day. (laughs) Yeah. I'd say we could do a dry January. Yeah. You don't. I don't know when that's going to start. It would be January 1st. I don't know. I might be on vacation that week. We'll see. You can't be on vacation. You have a podcast today. 
I think that we should find something more practical. Like moderate beer consumption. <laughs> <laughs> How many beers do you think you drink a week? Uh I don't know. Some. Some. <laughs> more than ten. More than ten, less than twenty. Yeah. Something like that. I don't even know because like I bought two four packs on Tuesday. Because I figured we were just going to be home all week with the coronavirus, and then those were gone by Saturday night, but I didn't drink all of them. Then I had a beer at my parents'. They're not all beers, because, I mean, you know, like, drink a lot of whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> so I think alcohol's got to go for this challenge, unfortunately. Yeah. I think that's going to be the thing. Yeah, it's a thing. Hey, uh, <laughs> so you um you asked me to watch uh, the Mike Tyson fight against uh, Roy Jones. Yeah, did you watch it? Yeah, I watched it. I didn't watch it live, but I saw it. Okay, so you didn't see the whole event? No. You just saw that fight? Well, I saw the pre-interviews, I saw the fight, and I saw some of the post-interviews. Okay, so let me just back it up to the beginning. So when I I went to somebody's house to watch it, small gathering, and when we turned it on, there was rap performances. French Montana and Sway Lee were performing their hit song, Unforgettable. Okay, that's kind of funny. I was like, okay, maybe this is just before the fight. In between every fight, they had performances, which is kind of funny. Wow. Like, they had, like, Wiz Khalifa. And then right before the main event, Snoop Dogg came out and did, like, four songs. <laughs> and then he was, like, the ringside commentator. Oh, that's cool. And I'm, I'm like, yo, does Snoop Dogg even, like, know where he is anymore at this point? Or does, like, his management just take him and say, okay, uh, put him on the plane. Plane lands in Vegas. <laughs> they give him the mic and they turn him towards the crowd. They're like, go that way and you'll, you'll know the song when the beat comes on. Then he does a song. And then they're like, hey, put him ringside and give him a mic. He's funny. And he's like, yeah, for shizzles, he's hitting people with the razzle-dazzle. It's like, or whatever he says. Like, he did well. He's funny. Uh, he's a great host. And I, unfortunately, the original America's Dad's in jail. But Snoop Dogg is the new America's Dad. Like, he, he's a 2020 America's Dad. He's not Bill Cosby scummy, but he's he is like America's Dad. The, only, the person who should have that title but doesn't is our favorite, uh, Anthony Anderson. He's the real America's Dad. But So then... I, I like the fact that the fights were eight rounds. The, the the prelims were good. And then you had that Jake Paul versus Nate Robinson, who's a YouTuber versus an ex-NBA player. And the YouTuber knocked out the NBA player, which is just kind of nuts. And then we got to Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones. My main observation was that Mike Tyson in the Instagram videos and stuff looked like he was shredded like Bruce Lee. And he looked kind of average when he got out there. Not that I'm saying I look better, but... He did not look like the same guy that they've been showing on Instagram for the last six weeks. The fight wasn't really that good. It, it was about what I expected. People were like, Mike Tyson's going to go out there and kill him. And I'm like, yo, he's 54 years old and he hasn't fought 15 years. Yeah, it looked like a couple of 50-year-olds fighting in great shape. but Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Roy, but Roy Jones Jr. has continued to fight. He does exhibition matches all over the place. He gets knocked out sometimes. So he never stopped fighting, but he's washed. Mike Tyson hasn't fought. He looked good, but he's still like... It was just like, yo, this is kind of sad. These yeah. two old guys should just be at home with their grandkids. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not that into boxing. I, like, I'm just, it's kind of like every other sport. It, it doesn't do much for me to watch other people doing things. It's, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to get into it. But uh, I'm always, I'm, I'm always impressed watching it though. Like, fighting is one of the most exhausting activities a person can do. I think. You're being drained of adrenaline at the same time as being physically drained. 
you know, the, the way the human body's designed is you're supposed to get in a quick fight, fight your way out of it and get somewhere else. Right. Yeah. So these sustained fights where they go like eight rounds like this, man, I'm always blown away by their stamina. Cause I'm just like, that is fucking exhausting. And most regulation boxing matches are actually 12 rounds. Right. These like, are short fights. That's insane though. So you're, you're exercising in a huge way. So like, It'd be like if you're trying to run, but somebody keeps punching you in the face. Like, really, it, it blows me away that these guys can maintain that through a fight like that. It's it's nuts. Yeah, I'm good. Do you follow uh, boxing? Lightly. Not as much as I, I was a few years ago. I, I've kind of fallen off on it. And then my interest in boxing and MMA kind of comes and goes. What I, What is nice, I have a few friends and clients that are really into it. So I can kind of stay abreast of the latest and greatest and combat sports through them and then if there's a good fight and they'll be like you should really watch this one then i do so one thing i didn't get to though is when i was looking around for mike tyson interviews that were interesting about that fight the only thing i found was a uh apparently he smoked weed before the fight well he's a partner in a weed ranch oh is he yeah it's called tyson ranch he's also a big proponent of mind altering like uh hallucinogenic drugs like dmt did you see his statements to the press on why he was smoking before? No, I missed it. He said, uh, listen, I can't stop smoking. I smoke during fights. I just have to smoke. I'm sorry. I'm a smoker. I smoke every day. I never stop smoking, which is interesting. But then he says, it's who I am. It has no effect on me from a negative standpoint. It's just what I do and how I am and how I'm going to die. There's no explanation. There's no beginning. There's no end. <laughs> That sounds a lot like when you would listen to him in press conferences when you would be talking about, like, I'm I'm the biggest, I'm the toughest, I'm the most brutalist. Dude, I'm going to die. There's no explanation. There's no beginning. There's no end. And then he went on to say, I'm here for a purpose. I'm not here for my ego. My ego is taking the money, buying some planes, some nice houses, packing up a bunch of chicks, and have some orgies and stuff. This is not who that is right now. That guy was just somebody that had to be. Eventually, he was the platform to become me. <laughs> the guy's fucking full of wisdom. Oh, he's amazing. The, the kind of uh, answers I'd expect from someone that's half-baked. In a perfect world, I'm a missionary. In a perfect world. <laughs> he's amazing. He's a national treasure. I really enjoyed who he's become in his uh, later years. I mean, he's not even old. He's going to be around for a long time. Boxers are good. They, they're they usually good for quotes because everything they say is straight and to the point. You know what I mean? Yeah. They just say it. But he's got an extra special way with words. He's not like a regular guy. He's There's more to Mike. Yeah, he's brilliant. He's a brilliant guy. He is. And look, that Tyson documentary from like 10 years ago is one of the best things ever. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he did the one-man show based off of that, too. Yeah, he's he's interesting. I think I think a lot of people uh, under underestimate him because of, uh, because of his list. But, I mean, the guy's... He's very smart. He just had a unique life, too. That's the other thing. But uh, he's clearly somebody that thinks. You know what I mean? Oh, he's a big thinker. He's a poet. Did you vote for Joe Biden? Probably. Over 80 million Americans did. Was it because he's the best or because you hated the other guy? Here at Verizon Fios, we like to think of ourselves as the Joe Biden of cable providers. Sure, we're not the best, but we're better than Xfinity. And what other options are there? 
our cable packages are similar to Xfinity in pricing, well, sometimes a little more expensive. But one thing we'll stand by is we are not Xfinity. We don't have those bullshit Comcast attitudes. We don't have those awful Comcast support people. We're not in the same abandoned strip mall as Comcast. We are not Comcast or Verizon. Verizon Fios. Give us a shot today because we might be a lot of things, but we're never Xfinity. Hi, you're on the podcast. Oh, hi. What's up, guys? Nothing. <laughs> Hello. All right, I'm on my way home. Did you make dinner? Uh, I made dinner for me and Amelia, then I had to get on the podcast after I helped her with her homework. Pizza okay, rolls. Yeah, we, Ed made pizza rolls. I made Sloppy Joe's for dinner. Ed made Sloppy Joe's for dinner if you want to get on the plane real quick. <laughs> no, I'm good. All right, I got to go. Okay. Sloppy Joe's has never gotten a woman to fly anywhere. <laughs> did you actually make sloppy joes hell yeah hell yeah they were delicious well yeah sloppy joes are good if they're if they're well made they're good yeah i mean they're i mean i just cook a bunch of hamburger and then dump the sauce over it what's so hard about that i cook them from scratch wow well how do you make the sauce yeah. i make the sauce out of stuff like worcestershire and no you don't vinegar you do yeah yeah, yeah. I'm going to come to your place and see a can of Manwich in the recycling bin, and then you're going to be cold busted. Well, Kelly grew up with Manwich, and I weaned her off it with real, real slop. Wow. I had a delicious <laughs> dinner tonight. What'd you have? Tonight was one of those nights where it just all came together. I have been getting a meat share again from Walden Farms, which is awesome. Locally sourced uh, protein, you know? and. Yep. I was like, all right, I got to take something out. And I saw like there was a steak in there. And I was like, oh, cool. I'll make the steak for me and Amelia for dinner. And I took it out. And then when I opened it up to cook it, it said shave steak. And I was like, huh. I was like, is this like steak and cheese steak? Oh, yeah. That's what that is. I was like, shave steak. Interesting. But it didn't look like, and I put it in, and I took it out, and I seasoned it. And I was like, oh, it's kind of soft. But it didn't look like it was going to break up. And I was like, oh, there's a couple of pieces in here. Okay, okay, cool. So what's going to happen? So I heated up a cast iron. I, you know, I put salt and pepper on. I put a little olive oil in the pan. And then I just started feeling real crazy. And I took a chunk of butter and just lobbed it in the middle of the pan. Ah, that's good. And then uh, all of a sudden, I started to notice the steak was breaking up and i was like oh this really is like real shaved steak right now i was like i'm in for a treat yeah that's awesome so then i was like wow we're having steak and cheese tonight and i didn't even realize it so at first i was like well what am i gonna do with this because i can't just eat this on its own so i said oh maybe i'll make an omelet and then i opened up my fridge and my wife bought wraps wow so i i had an impromptu steak and cheese wrap with regular relish and spicy relish and i it was delicious that's pretty amazing and it was like lean shaved steak and on like a on like a wheat wrap what kind of cheese did you put on it i mixed um a little i just had cheddar laying around for making a broccoli casserole last week so i just mixed a little sharp cheddar and mild cheddar cheddar works i think american would have been better but i just didn't have it I think I don't really like provolone that much. I'm, a, I'm an American guy on my steak and cheese. You like provolone, don't you? Well, when we were in Philly, we said, uh, what's, what's the best way to do this? And we're at one of the more famous steak and cheese places. Everyone that was there was like, provolone. And I was like, yeah. so you guys don't really do that cheese with shit. And they're like, tourists do. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> But then also, I think that steak and cheese up here is, is different than cheese steak down there, isn't it? Yeah, a steak and cheese up there is very different. Uh, they they wouldn't do, like you guys do pepper and onions on steak yeah. and cheese. They don't do that shit yep. down here. 
Yeah. Well, what do they do? They they do load them up though. Um, dude, you might get all kinds of stuff on them down here. Lettuce, tomatoes, hots. They put mayonnaise on it. I mean, they they fully load the things. No. So. Nope. They put ketchup in there. Shaved ribeye steak, and if you want to make it a bomb, peppers, onions. It's a different animal. Some places down here do shave steak, but more often than not, they, they have like very thinly sliced. Not so much like shaved, but like strips almost. I don't know. Yeah, it works. Well, next time you come up, you'll have to bring me one. You can stop on the way. All right. That works. Is there oh. anywhere in Baltimore that they do like Philly style cheesesteaks? There's got to be. It's not that far. Uh, Well, the cheesesteaks here are all very similar to Philly's. For sure. Right. It's a Philly style cheesesteak, right? I would imagine. Uh, You're so close. It's a slight deviation, but it's close. Yeah. Well, what's better, that or the steak and cheese bomb that you get up here in New England, which for uh, some reason is not not a well-known dish. I'll, I'll be honest. My my favorite steak and cheese up there is uh, the number nine at D'Angelo's. That's a good sandwich. It's underrated. But that's not what I asked you. The question that I asked you is what's better, Philly or New England style? Look, Philly's is good. New England's is good. Baltimore's is good. Which one do you like better? No, Baltimore's out. No one knows. You put Old Bay on everything. Everything. Dude, there's not. They put everything in it. Everything. I want every. If if it was that good, they wouldn't need to do that. You come up here, you get premium ribeye shave steak, probably a little pastrami chopped up in there, peppers, onions, and cheese. My brain is like. All right, there's all kinds of good varieties of food. What is the one that you haven't had in the longest time? That's what I want. So, like, I would want a New England one right now because I've had a Philly one more recently than a New England one. But as soon as I got that New England one, I'd be like, maybe I want a Philly one now. So I've never had a Philly one. It's kind of like a line. Like, you know, I need to <laughs> I need to satisfy whatever whatever has been in the wings the longest. That's an interesting way to put it. So you like New England better? No. I think that's what you said, though. I'm saying because New England's the the variety I haven't had in the longest amount of time, I would have it. Honestly, uh, if I had to choose something right now that I haven't had in a while that I want, it would actually be an Italian beef from Chicago. I've never had that. I've seen it on TV. It looks good. Yeah, the Italian beef is like it's like drenched in like uh, au jus. Mm. Um, I think that the New England style is the best because it's the least known, but it's unique to the area. Everybody knows about Philly. Some people know about Chicago, but most people outside of New England don't realize how special a sub shop steak and cheese. The steak bombs are very respectable. That's definitely a New England deal. It's the best. Um, it's a fact. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I do a lot of lawyer shit on here. Where I'll be like, well, which one's better? And you'll be like, well... And, you're, and I'm like, well, no, that's not the answer to the question that I asked you. So what do you think in real life if somebody like because I do this to people a lot, but I'm trying to make a point and I drill people home and I feel like they're avoiding the answer. It's a real personality flaw that I have. It also works well because I don't like I want the answer to my question. So you could have said to me, I think the Philly cheesesteak's better. You could have said, I think the New England cheesesteak's better. But you chose to say, I want what I'm in the mood for when I want it. But that wasn't the answer to the question. That <laughs> That's not the answer you were hoping for. Well, no, it's not the answer. to You didn't answer my question. The question, the only... I answered. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it, Ed, it's fine. The only question, the only way to answer that question would have been to say, I like the Philly one better. I like the... You said, which one do you like better? Right. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. And you said, but, uh, but you trying, didn't answer the question. What I was trying to explain to you that there isn't a direct answer. There's more subtlety to it than that. Because, well, in my world, because in, it's a temporal decision. So 
I'm not going to want a New England cheesesteak or a New England steak bomb or anything immediately after eating it. Listen, I understand that, but that doesn't answer the question that I asked. So I don't have a preference past that. Okay, well, that's that's a, that's another. The only acceptable answer is Boston, New England, Philly, or I like them both equally. Not whichever one I'm in the mood for. Wouldn't I? So I wonder if this was court in one city was suing the other over cheesesteaks. If I was the lawyer, if I was the prosecuting lawyer, and you tried to say, well, I don't have a preference, if the judge would have said, answer the question, or if the judge would have said, overruled. I can make some decisions about some stuff. So. The best Americanized Chinese food is Massachusetts. 100%. Yeah. You think it's that much different than Rhode Island? Uh, yeah. It's different than Rhode Island. It's different than Connecticut. It's different than New Hampshire. It's different than Maine. Massachusetts, especially, you know, from Boston to the Southeast Coast, best American Chinese food you can get. The best Chinese Chinese food, like actual Chinese food, San Francisco. Have you had Chinese Chinese in Malden, Massachusetts? No. Where we have a huge Chinese population. So there, we have restaurants here where you go in and the menu is not the Chinese American menu. Like they'll have it. They have that food. But yeah. you have to dig farther into it. It's not like going to the Kowloon, which is a Chinese American restaurant. I, I give Kowloon's five stars, man. That's probably the best in the country. Best Americanized Chinese food place in the country. You heard it here first. I love that place. There may be some local places that are better food-wise, but for the food and environment, Kowloon's just takes the cake. I mean, they are... Their egg rolls are number one in the country, hands down. I love their egg rolls. They are the best Americanized Chinese food restaurant I've ever seen. You can't beat the poo-poo platter. It's a ridiculous place. All the wrestlers go there. They have a tiki bar. Oh, it's so sick. I go on Christmas every year. Dude, there's the shows there all the time. It's... Everything about that place is magical. It's it's incredible. Uh, but we, yeah, we do have the restaurants. Like there's one around the corner from me where it has the, it's a Chinese seafood restaurant and they have, you know, they have like the fish intestines. They have abalone, seaconks, stuff that American people don't really eat. Well, we should go there. We should go try that. I went, I took two of my coworkers two summers ago. It is like classic Chinese restaurant style where it's uh, round tables with a white tablecloth. Yeah. They were cranking in there and the waiter just was like, what do you want? And my two coworkers were like, ah, ah, ah. One of them is like not an adventurous eater at all. It's a young kid. Oh, and he's like, I just want General Gao's chicken. And like the other one's like freaking out because they're putting the pressure on us. And I was like, we'll take a bottle of wine. I was just like enjoying <laughs> watching them suffer. You know, what? I think about that a lot too. Like when you're young, every piece of food you get is like exciting. Cause like, you know, you grow up with whatever you have at home and the narrow selections your parents are new. And then as you get older, you can kind of expand out and start trying some good stuff, but yeah, you're not willing to go out on a limb and try something completely exotic. But then when you get to our age, everything you eat is fucking boring. And it's like, I would rather eat mm. anything different than anything I've ever eaten before at this point. Do you go off the deep end with food at restaurants and stuff? What do you mean off the deep end? I order everything. You do. So you're into like um, organ meats? I'll order, I'll order and eat whatever. Yeah. Like we've talked about foie gras on here. We've both eaten foie gras. Yeah. Um, let's see. Liver. You like, you like, you like liver? Liver's good. Tongue's good. Tongue's good. To me, it depends on, uh, if it's real grainy or not, like the, the consistency. Yeah. Or the texture of the tongue or like, yeah. and like how it's cut up. So I had beef tongue meatballs. It can be mealy almost. Yeah. I had beef tongue meatballs once that were delicious. And, and if they didn't tell you it was beef tongue, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know the difference. You just thought it was a really good meatball. It was a little soft. And then I had, um, beef tongue taco at a place once and I didn't 
like the way they sliced up the beef. It was like cubed. Uh, and I was yeah, like, yeah. eh. But then like Taco Loco in Somerville makes an excellent beef tongue taco. I try to get one once in a while. I'm not crazy for tongue. I don't need like um, a plate of it, but like a taco once in a while is good. Yeah. Nowadays, I just, I, I want to eat something I haven't eaten before. Like when we were in New Orleans last year and I was like, we went to a place that was famous for its catfish, but it also had like alligator and turtle and like all this other stuff so i just ordered all of it and uh how was the turtle the turtle was all right i mean it, it was fine alligators kind of whatever i've yeah. had it my my problem is a lot of places are they overcook these things to death like if i was to try to eat a new meat at home i would probably just you know sear it up or, or cook it in a way that doesn't damage the meat and just like salt and pepper it and like yeah i like to actually taste what i'm eating you know, hmm. this year we were eating, uh, I mean, I got into it before, but you know, venison, elk, bison, meat. Yeah. I mean, we, we started buying more, more exotic foods. And I think part of it is the fact that like, you know, we haven't been going to restaurants. So it's like, we got to get something different in our diet. Do you do like venison steaks? Yeah. The venison steaks are great. You have to, you have to be careful when you cook them. Cause you can, you can dry them out real quick. There's not a lot of fat, right? No, no, they're extremely lean. So like, it's very easy to just cook the moisture right out of them. You just sear them real quick, lock the moisture in and then let it rest. Throw it in the oven if it needs more time to, to hit like a reasonable internal temp. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to try. I haven't had venison. I've had elk. I've had bison. Buffalo and bison are different. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I've had both of those. Yeah, they're fine. Elk's fine. I've had like elk uh, beef jerky and stuff like uh, elk, like Slim Jims. Oh, yeah, yeah, They're kind yeah. of expensive. Those are good. Yeah, I, you know, I, I try it. I try to try everything. I've had sweetbreads, like the stomach meat. Or whatever that is. Oh, man. That's something I would kill for right now. Some Portuguese sweet bread. Oh, man. Like the actual sweet bread. Yeah, Portuguese sweet bread. That's, that stuff is delicious. Especially when they put the hard-boiled egg in there. Yeah, dude, at Easter time when they put that egg in there. You know, for the guy who's an atheist, you still love your religious holidays. I love food, <laughs> man. It's a good reason to party. Come on, that bread is brilliant, though. I know it's brilliant. I'm Portuguese. I don't need to make a big spectacle about it. Everybody knows I like it. It's good stuff. It's magnificent. I think Portuguese food is the most underrated cuisine, particularly Azorean Portuguese food. And just because people just don't know about it, you know? Like, if Portuguese food, if people started making, like, Azorean Portuguese food and made it what tapas is, there's a, there's a thing about, I, I enjoy tapas. It's good to go out for tapas once in a while. It's like the sushi of the Mediterranean. But it's a ripoff. It's one of those things. I, I had that exact same thought. Like, I, I hated paying for tapas. And then uh, one day I just stopped caring. And like, I don't know. I'd rather spend a lot of money on a meal than anything else just about. I think the thing that aggravates me with tapas sometimes is you could order so much food and you get out and it's like supposed to be shared. And it's like, this isn't <laughs> enough to share with two people. So it's like, I don't mind paying for it, but it's like, yo, like, where's the rest of when it? When I was in my 20s, though, I'd go out and I'd spend a couple hundred dollars just at bars, right? And I don't do that anymore. So, like, if I go out to two, like, decent dinners and I spend $400, like, whatever. I just think with tapas, sometimes the price for the level of satisfaction can be a little bit off. If you go somewhere good, though, the tapas is going to be, like, the each dish is going to be so good. If you go to a place that knows not to, like, rush the dishes out to you too. They know how to like space it. If you order a few things, they'll bring them out in a specific order or whatever. I'm getting the impression that you really like tapas. I, li I like a variety of food. So. Okay. Well, next time you're up, we'll go out for the best tapas you've ever had in your life. Let's do it. I like high-end restaurants where they have the whole menu, but then they just kind of have like 
chef's dinner for two. Yeah, that's the best. Which is not defined. It's just whatever the chef feels like making that night. You don't even know what it is after they dropped it off. They usually, they point to whatever it is and say what it is, but you're like, I didn't even get that, you know? The best meal I've literally ever had in my life was a couple of winters ago. It was around this time. I think it was two or three years ago now. Me and Evan from the Barber's Den went to Sycamore, which is my all-time favorite restaurant. It's in Newton. The chef owner, Dave Punch, he's an amazing guy. He's an amazing person. Like I had always been out for like good restaurants and everything like that. But this guy was coming to the shop and he would walk in and he didn't care. He'd sit with whoever. And he'd be like, oh, I got a restaurant. You guys got to come by. And I'd be like, yeah, sure. And I'm like thinking like, yeah, he's got like a whatever restaurant. And then I was like, Ev, how's this restaurant? He was like, dude. That guy is no joke. I think, and it, like, I'm not like a wicked foodie restaurant. Like, I don't know. I'm not like, I, I don't know restaurants like the way I know rap music and stuff. But in my opinion, he's the best chef. He's the man. There's a lot of other name brand chefs, but this dude, in my opinion, is just better than everybody. And he's an amazing guy. He's very generous. And we had been going there for a while off and on. And we went there one night and we sat at the bar. I was friendly with the bartender. Actually, the hostess comes up to me and she goes, Dave wants to know if you want to order off the menu or if you just want him to cook for you tonight. And we were like, yeah. Yeah. He went off. It was like a nine course dinner. In the middle of it, I got up to use the bathroom and he goes out. He sticks his head out from the small kitchen. He goes, what are you doing? I go, I'm going to the bathroom. He goes, go back to your seat. I got more food coming out. I go, dude, no more. He goes, yeah, you got two more pastas and a steak coming out. Oh, shit. He loaded us up with a French style pasta that had foie gras on it. That was the best pasta I've ever had in my fucking life. And he ended us off with a 12 ounce New York strip. Wow. It was about eight courses dessert. Then he comes out and he's like, you ready for a drink? I'm like, dude, <laughs> it was it was the best meal I've ever had in my life. It was it was number one. It was the best. It was the best. Best experience, best tasting food, best environment. It's my favorite restaurant. And I'm happy that they've been able to do OK during the pandemic. But I haven't been over there in a while because I'm not working in that area anymore. So I got to get over there and check them out. But they are. It's, he's the best. He's number one. So you asked me to look up some guy named Mike Servan. Oh, yeah, he's amazing. And you said, do your homework on this guy. I want to talk about him. So I watched a lot of his videos, and I tried to learn about the guy. He's clearly a big Jesus guy. Clearly. Apparently, he used to lead a life of violence and sin, according to the internet. Yep. He has a very interesting way to say Christ. Christ. Jesus Christ, or cross. I, I can't, I don't think I can do it, but. I can do it. I'm just not going to right now. So what's the deal with this guy? You wanted to talk about him? I don't know. He's amazing. You said to look him up. What do you want to say about him? I don't know. I, I probably had had a couple of drinks. He's he's amazing. We've been on this guy for a year. I stumbled on him last year just on the popular page on Instagram, and he's just been a constant source of joy in my life ever since. I couldn't find much about this guy, so I'm I'm guessing if you've been following him for a year, you have a better sense of who he is than I do. No, what you see on there is every, that's it. That's it. What you see is what you get. Jesus Christ! He's just a very excited guy that likes to dance and sing and and yell Jesus Christ at everybody. Yeah, he's amazing. (laughs) So you have nothing to say about this guy. No, he's incredible. No commentary on him. You don't think he's funny? I mean, he's something. (laughs) He's amazing. (laughs) The kid from All Gas No Breaks, he just baptized that guy. And he was wearing a full suit. It was amazing. What is all all gas, no brakes? Oh, you'll have to look that up now. All gas, no brakes is amazing. That that kid goes to um, like Proud Boys rallies dressed in like a crazy suit. And he'll just like interview people. He'll be like, they'll be like, what do you think? And they'll say something. They'll just go, why? But he does like, he's actually amazing. 
It's kind of tough to summarize if you haven't seen it. I'll send it to you. You clearly don't have any. <laughs> I thought this would be a good conversation because I thought you had something you wanted to talk about with these guys. But No, there's nothing to talk about. That's the cool thing about him. You can just enjoy it. There's nothing to talk about. With Mike Servin, what you see is what you get. Just some dude who's passionate about Christ. So all I could find about any of the bios were like, this guy used to be a gangbanger and he turned his life around and now he loves Jesus. That's great. I mean, it's it's not, I'm not impressed. <laughs> Don't you like his Instagram though? Uh, I mean, it seemed uh, repetitive. It's great. I think the guy's a character. I like his high energy. You know, he is a character. He'd be a good guest on this podcast. He just keeps screaming Jesus Christ at us the whole time. <laughs> yeah, he would. <laughs> He's incredible. I guess preachers like to bring him up on stage and let him do his thing. Like he gets the crowd worked up for Jesus. They should. He does. I don't understand this thing though. Like, why? Why are people that are so like in love with Jesus always so drawn to people with a bad backstory? Like. This boy, this boy was really naughty. It's all about redemption. It's going from negative to zero, though. Like, I used to be a destroying force in my community. I used to cause crime and, and sin, and I used to be a problem. And now, now I love Jesus. It's like, okay, and? Well, they feel, they, I think they feel that they've turned their life around because they found Jesus. And now you're a force of good. That's not turning your life around. Well, in your, in, in your eyes it isn't, but in their eyes it is. I mean, if you want to go from his negative life to a positive life, then you need to do something positive that offsets that negative. Yeah, but that's your that's your opinion. In, in that community, they you found Jesus. You're spreading the word of Jesus. You're doing a good service. Lots of religious people do terrible things to other people. Right, but Mike Servin didn't. I don't know. I just I, I I'm not talking about him specifically. I just find it I find it interesting that for a lot of people, if somebody had a horrible background and they find Jesus, it somehow negates where they're at as a person. Like Donald Trump's a terrible person, but at least he's a Christian. And it's like what Sure. And I agree <laughs> with you. But the thing is, you're talking about people that are wicked into Jesus, which is kind of, uh, I don't know. So it's, you talk, you're trying to talk rational with people that are not looking at things in a rational manner. This is how I look at it. If you're leading a life that is damaging to other people or damaging to society or just uh, just a negative life overall, and finding Jesus gets you to correct that behavior and to start having a positive effect on people around you or on society or on your environment, if that's the reason it happens, great, because you got to the point where you're actually being positive. But just finding Jesus, that's a lateral move, I think. Because really, I mean, if somebody found Satan and became a good person, I'd be just as good with it. Well, it doesn't matter what they find. They turn their life around. Right. That's, and, that's the thing. I mean, if they turn their life around and become a positive force for whatever, good. You are the most Catholic person I know. You can't even let somebody enjoy <laughs> finding Christ. You really are. Well, you should have found Christ a long time ago. That's you. It's, you are the most Catholic person I know. It's amazing. What's the point of finding Christ if, like, you don't pick up on any of the teachings? Are you not talking about Mike Servant anymore? No, I'm not. I, well, I think he no, knows. No, no, no. I'm, you know what? The, the first video I watched of him was driving down to a park and feeding the homeless. He's he's a good dude. I, I give him credit for doing good deeds and clearly turned his life around. I just don't understand the narrative of this used to be a terrible person, but he found God and he's good now. That's a weird narrative to me. It's like, say the good things that somebody does. The finding Jesus is the is the motivator. I mean, that's more of an aside than the story. Sure. But I mean, 
I don't know. They make it into the story. Like, that's the only part they care about. That's not the part that I care about, though. I, I care about the part that he's a great guy and he does great stuff and he's fun. <laughs> I think that Mike Servan's Instagram page is to be enjoyed. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. I like his energy. That's nice. I wish he had more variety of what he's yelling at people. No, I, I like the fact that he's consistent with his brand. <laughs> I mean, he's doing well for himself. I mean, he's very successful. He's very yeah. successful. In, in the Instagram world of what he's doing. Yeah, he's awesome. He's great. So, I've been following him for a year, and I haven't unfollowed him yet, so that's good. There's something about his page that just does it for me. He's got the face stats that say Jesus Christ. He yells Jesus Christ. He's got, a, he's got like a leather vest that says Jesus Christ. He's got a big belt buckle like cowboy. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff there. A lot of stuff there. A lot of stuff. I noticed you get, you're very consistent. You have consistent takes on things, whether what it, whatever it is, I could take your stance on like baseball and shift it over to like Christ, like Christians <laughs> to Republicans to food. It's, it's a consistent take that you could move from one thing. And I really like that about you. I like your consistency. I, I, I really hate. I don't, people, I don't, I don't. Let me just give you a compliment. Jesus. <laughs> I like I, I hate when people are like so like they're they get it on one hand and then on the other hand their views are just so inconsistent. It just shows like a lack of personal development. You, my friend, are nothing if not consistent. You are very Catholic. I think about human behavior a lot. And I'm fascinated by human behavior. I I think about like there's so much like self-deception, not just by individuals, yeah. but by entire communities of like we're yeah. doing good for the world and we're not. And I I really, I don't care for hypocrisy. So yeah, there's a lot yeah. of lot of things out there that bother me. And what one of the easiest things is when people claim high value, but are not positively impacting anything in society, it pisses me off. Because it's like, they take all this glory of like, we are so great for everybody because we've decided that we are because we're in this group or whatever, yeah. or we're this type of person. All that stuff just makes me crazy because it's like, what are you doing for people? I agree with you. It doesn't make me crazy that much because I don't really care. I do care. So, yeah, see, I don't really care. It doesn't affect me. I care because people complain about how awful things are, but they're very rarely going to put any effort into making anything better. That's also true. But they'll spend hours and hours congratulating themselves for thinking they made something. Oh, people better. love to pat themselves on the back. Oh, God. They love to think that their way of living is superior. You're absolutely right. It's it's like uh oh you're doing you're doing well in the in the community and it took you having this religious epiphany to do that. And that's great. But that's not the thing that's good. The thing that's good is that you're out feeding the homeless and taking care of people and being positive. Yeah, bringing food to homeless people is fantastic, you know? Right. But now if you're a devout Christian and that's your thing, because a lot of people it's like their thing. Like I'm a it's like some people it's like I'm a uh I'm a crossfitter. I'm right. a I'm a roller derby chick. I'm right. I'm a scientist. There, I'm a Christian. First and foremost, I'm a Christian. Which is fine. It's fine to have your, your group of things. Sure. But... To me, the religious thing is always funny because it's not necessarily a tangible thing. It just goes off of a belief, something that you yeah. have a lot of faith in. And it's almost like you're riding so hard for it because you know that everything could be a sham, whether or not whether or not you believe in God or some sort of supreme being or some sort of an afterlife is actually almost completely separate from whether or not you are a follower of Jesus Christ or Muhammad or Abraham or the Buddha or whoever. Yeah, that is totally separate from what church you belong to. Yeah. And I'm good with people's belief and what church they belong to. In fact, right. 
I would say that like it's not just religion. So like I don't want to say it's it's religions that get me like No, this. it's not. Because like I go we we go to a good number of community meetings in, in our neighborhood and I'll go to a community meeting and listen to people talk about for an hour that they'd love for somebody to go clean up the park. They need to organize Let's a clean up the park. We got to have a cleanup for an hour. Meanwhile, you could go clean the park. You could clean a third of the park in an hour. If you got three people to skip the meeting, you could go clean the entire park and just come to the meeting the next time and go parks clean. A lot of people just don't have leadership skills. Like you have to. But that's not even leadership. That's just executing on an idea that you already had. Like, I'm going to go to the meeting tonight and tell them that somebody needs to clean up the park. It's like, how about you take that hour and just go do a little bit of work? All right, so I'm going to tell you something. You got to let yourself off the hook because there's a lot of people that just will never do it. Or if they do do it, they can't get it right. Like, they'll go to the park with rakes and then they'll forget the trash bags and they'll say, oh, well, we kind of cleaned the park. And then it's like, well, then you just left a bunch of leaves and trash there. So you didn't really do anything. All you did was move it from one end of the park to the other. So then you so, get those things and you go back. <laughs> so there's there's a lot of people, I think, that are just not capable of doing anything other than like, I applied for this job. I got the job. I'm doing what my boss said. That's how they're programmed. Like they'll go to a meeting. They'll complain. Uh, eventually, six months later, there'll be a cleanup. The park will get cleaned and they'll go, I told them that they needed to do all this work and they did it just six months later. That's where it just bugs the shit out of me because it's like all you're doing is sitting on your hand. It's seen it would annoy me, but because I'm in a great positive mood today, what I would say is you're not that kind of person. You're never going to be that kind of person. If you don't want to be annoyed by that type of shit, stop going to the community meeting. It's always going to be like that. Well, no, but you want to be connected to your community because there are valuable things to that. I'm not saying going to church on Sundays is a waste or anything like that. I'm just saying that people could be a lot more effective if they stop worrying about the glory of what their intentions are and just put in a little bit of work. Just a little bit of work. They're not going to, though. I know. And that's what drives me crazy. See, I wouldn't let it drive you crazy is what I'm saying. I wouldn't let it drive you crazy. It's annoying. For sure, it's annoying, but I uh, I try to avoid it. Oh, you got to do the outro since you're the one that's all busy. Thanks to all the listeners. Thanks for holding it down with us. It's been 12 awesome episodes, and every week the followers go up a little bit. You know, we're not going to ask you to like the podcast or subscribe to it or tell any of your friends about it, but we're not going to stop you from doing that either. And we'll see you next Tuesday.